0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Kara Golden Show. I'm super excited to have my next guest here. We have Jacob Zupke, who is the CEO of Whisker. That is Whisker without an S. So if you're going to go online right now and check it out, uh, don't put the S. On the end, for sure. No, I'm just kidding around. But seriously, if you have not heard about Whisker, they are the international leader in connected pet care and pet accessories with an innovative portfolio that includes products like the litter robot, the feeder robot and litter box, primarily focused on Meows today, cats, uh, but, uh, who I would imagine that in the future at some point that will expand, but the products are enjoyable and intuitive to use and deliver super meaningful insights for pets and people alike. And in the lovable world of cat care building a successful brand takes more than just a love for cats. I would imagine that there are many cat lovers listening today and definitely many cat lovers within Whisker for sure. But Jacob is definitely somebody that we can all learn from. His journey to success is pretty awesome. And I can't wait to hear a lot more about it. So welcome, Jacob.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and I look forward to sharing more about Whisker and my journey here.
0: Absolutely. So I'd love to get started with your backstory. So you joined the founder. You were not the founder, uh, but you are the CEO of Whisker. How did that happen?
1: It's been a most fun almost nine years I could have ever imagined. Um I, out of college, started a small internet marketing agency, which grew to be about 25 people. We hit a point in our journey where I was able to take a buyout from my former business partner. Uh, as I realized, I hit a point in my own career where I started to realize what I wanted to do, which was to be on the brand side. What I kept finding with all my clients is that I would want to spend so much time in their business, in other areas of their business, not just in marketing, but across how they operate and um, it, it, it was almost that that kind of aha moment for myself where I realized I wanted to be on the brand side, not the agency side, and I wanted to touch everything, not just the marketing. Um, of course, that's in reflection, didn't see any of that in the moment. I got recruited um, by an individual that I had pitched in a previous life, and then I got to know in a previous life, Dave, a marketing manager here at Whisker, and he brought me into see this cat company who I showed up at the office and I thought I was at the wrong building. And I called the 877 number and said, hi, I I think I'm here. She responded, this uh, individual who's still with us. Yeah, you're here if that's what you're asking. And I walked into a building, they put me in the back lunchroom where a cat jumped on the table and uh, greeted me right in my face, and I just couldn't believe where I was, what I was doing, and I, I every thought in my mind, you know, just came about. And uh, then I started talking to the founder, who just cut through all the noise of the office and and what they were doing. And he told me how much they were spending on marketing, and I couldn't believe that. Um, mm. and I got really excited. And as a SEO geek by trade. Um, I started to look at it as an opportunity within just search at first as to what I thought I could do with this brand, what I thought I could do with this product from a marketing standpoint. And I took the plunge, joined the company. And man, am I happy that I did. Um, Early in my journey... Uh, 2015, we were getting ready to launch Gen 3 of litter Robot, and we uh, worked all year to get ready, uh, updating our brand. And then, in about September, I started to see this trend of this social celebrity now with a big category name called influencers, uh, but not yet with a name at the time. Seeing all these famous cats with these giant followings on Instagram, and um. Decided to launch a big campaign where we would give away 25 free litter robots, one each day in the month of December called 25 Days of Christmas The Litter Robot, launched at December 1st, 2015, and we just accelerated overnight. Uh, 10x our website traffic, our revenue hit a certain milestone we had never seen before. And it was kind of that aha moment for myself where I realized moving from agency to in-house, I could really deliver on what I thought I could. Uh, going into 2016, we grew significantly for a 15-year-old brand. Going into 2017, I actually had a bonus structure, and it's something I tell all of our new team here at Whisker. Uh, I had a bonus structure with Brad that if we hit this milestone, it was our 2020 goal, and I said I could hit it in 2017, and we ended up exceeding it. But at the time, we didn't recognize—well, we still don't—we recognize revenue when we ship, not when we sell, and we didn't ship everything out. And so I was really excited that I exceeded my goal and I was going to get this meaningful bonus. Brad sitting there thinking, we didn't hit our goal. I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, I channeled my level of frustration that I had in the moment at something that maybe I didn't fully grasp and understand. And it gave me an appreciation for all the rest of the business, operations, finance, manufacturing, and everything else. And in 2018, I took it upon myself to say, well, I don't want to be beholden to ultimately where we were, but I want to shape where we're going. And I informally became our COO, started to take over operations, take over how we were getting to where we wanted to go. And in 2018 was able to successfully not only far exceed our goals again, but also to ship everything out that year. And, uh, I, at that time, more fam- formally became our uh, chief operating officer, which was formalized when we brought on a family office in 2019. Um, and then my role continued to evolve. Um, in 2020, I became president and in 2021 at the end of the year became president and CEO. And, uh, Along the way, I was employed 25 in 2015, and Whisker is now probably employing about 575 people here in 2023.
0: How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app. No matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn. Quicker and easier than you ever imagined to Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor, as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive. It's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part, you can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Wow, that's amazing. What a great, great, great story. And obviously, you are a direct-to-consumer company initially, at least. So a lot of your experience was awesome to be able to really grow from where they were at. So what are the prob I, I guess I should back up. How would you describe Whisker to people? Like Your friends are like, you work for a cat company. What do you guys do exactly?
1: Yeah, so Whisker, I think you said it well. We're the international leader in pet tech right now. Um, We are most notably known for the litter robot. We also have the feeder robot and we have a slew of other really exciting products coming out. Um, We believe that we are able to help identify patterns in your cat's behavior. So we are moving more into the sciences side of what we do and our capabilities within software as to what we're learning about your pet so we can proactively identify um, maybe an anomaly in their uh, uh, litter box usage, which is often in cats' case, maybe a sign of a UTI or some other um, infection or um, experience that they're going through that unfortunately your cat can't speak up and tell you what's going on. And we're able to start learning from that data. So um, we are a connected pet care company. That's what we do at our core. Uh, we believe that a focus on cat is really where our focus should be the opportunity for us to be the leader in cat products right now is profound food, water, and waste is where we want to focus our time and energy. Uh, While some of those products aren't on the market yet, that's really how we see core problem solving for the cat parent. We want to make sure that we can deliver an automated household for the cat parent, taking away what we would define the unnecessary chores of having a cat like the litter box or maybe making water more appetizing for your cat, which oftentimes they don't want to drink enough water or delivering food in a new way that hasn't been done before. We believe here at Whisker, we have the opportunity to do all of that in our team of 60 plus engineers are working really hard to deliver for pet parents around the world.
0: Very cool. So what is your, your kind of halo, uh, killer product that most people are starting with? Do you have one that is is kind of the leader? Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. The litter robot, we, um, the last public figure that we've shared with, uh, um, from our website, from our communications, that we've sold over a million Litter Robot units. That number has grown significantly since the time that we shared that last December. Um, and uh, we have continued to be able to deliver for cat parents in that way in the litter box. Uh, followed by that, our feeder robot has been a really great success for the company. It is the highest rated feeder in uh, the litter robot. is the highest rated automatic litter box for cats. We continue to try and bring products to market that are going to truly solve a problem for the pet parent. And as you look to the future of Whisker, I think you'll see a lot more of that.
0: So you spent a chunk of your career on the ad side, and a lot of direct-to-consumer today has, uh, has really shifted from even where it was at the beginning of 2020. Uh, How would you say, how do you think about spend today and marketing? Obviously, it's in a perfect world where it's all organic. We're able to uh, not pay for any traffic coming in or do any type of advertising at all. But how do you think about the the state of direct-to-consumer today and how you actually get consumers to really come in and try your product? It's a
1: great question. From the whisker side, we've looked at it as a blended model for a long time, and we've continued to view our marketing dollars in that way. So we target a percentage of revenue as what we're willing to spend in advertising. I try not to look at any one channel too closely because they all feed each other. If I individually look at what I'm spending in high funnel, which is where we spend the majority of our budget is in high funnel, trying to educate our customer of tomorrow today in an effort to get them interested in, in Whiskers products. And when you're doing that, it doesn't always come with an immediate conversion. And if you overanalyze what is a today conversion versus tomorrow conversion, you can be a little short sighted in that you may cut something off that's really educating a customer who's 90 days away and you're starting their funnel to get them in there. And so we've always viewed it as a blended ROAS model where we're able to look at our media holistically. We've been doing this since we had a really small budget. We are doing this now as we have a really big budget. And we've continued to look at it that way because really every channel works together. As a consumer and I go through my own journey, I see something on TV. I see something on connected TV. I see something on a billboard. I see something somewhere else. I'm going to go to Google and I'm going to look up that name. Uh, whether it be Whisker or Litter Robot in our case, we believe that a lot of people are going to start their journey in different ways. It could be from a Facebook ad. It could be from a friend of theirs saying, you have to get the Litter Robot. It's completely changed my life with cats. You're still going to go to Google and you're still going to look it up. So if we're not playing in that space and we may lose a customer to a, a competitive product um, that that's trying to conquest against people seeking a litter robot versus that of seeking a generic automatic litter box. So we need to be in that space. But that's only part of the journey. So if we look at that independently, Google is probably one of the highest performing channels independently. But oftentimes that's an assisted conversion because we did something somewhere else. So we really try and look at it from a blended ROAS standpoint, and we don't necessarily look at just in-channel performance, but we look at the blended performance across everything. And we use a mixed media model to measure everything that we're doing so that it ultimately will align with our core KPIs as a company, which is how much we're spending as a total percentage of revenue against a total media buy. But we are playing on all the channels we are in, you know, all the meta meta platforms. We are in all the Google platforms. We're in connected TV. We're in linear. We're on TikTok. We're starting to look at out of home. We're leaning more into podcasts. Um, I really you need to be where the consumer is. And in our case, we're educating people about a product they may not have ever thought of uh, an automatic litter box for their cat, which I think in 10 years from now, people are going to have a hard time looking at the litter box the same. I believe truly that in 10 years from now, if you're still scooping, I've got a question why you've made that decision uh, when there are great solutions like litter robot on the market that can solve that for you.
0: That's awesome. Do, does the average person, if they have more than one cat, do they have more than one box?
1: We, we had a fun conversation about this yesterday. We probably don't do a great enough job helping people appreciate that. You only need one little robot for four cats. And so you, one of the jokes that we have internally is that oftentimes people want to get another cat because they can, they don't have to deal with the number one chore of cat parenting, which is the litter box. And uh, the reason that a lot of people have multiple litter boxes is there's like an N plus one number. If you have one cat, you should have at least one litter box. If not two, if you have two cats you should have two to three litter boxes. So there's an N plus one number, but often that's because the litter box, the cat doesn't want to step into a dirty litter box. We've, Played some fun into this and some of our advertising about your cat is stepping on poop to go poop when they're using their brother or sister's litter box in the home that hasn't yet been cleaned or even their own litter box. And so with the litter robot, it automatically cleans after each use. So you don't need multiple litter robot units for multiple cats. If you have multiple floors in your home, you have a larger home, I mean, we we would tell you to start with one as much as that's counterintuitive to our sales strategy. Start with one. We have free shipping on all of our robots. And then if you ultimately want to buy a second because you've chosen to do that, we will happily allow you to order a second one. But we, we do not recommend it. You need one for up to four cats.
0: Interesting. So, I saw something in in the research that I was doing that you've changed your channel strategy a little bit for for selling, I should say. So, you went initially direct to consumer. I believe you were also Amazon, and uh, you're looking at some different retail placements. Can you talk a little bit about that today?
1: Sure. Um, we if you if you rewind about nine years. Um, I'll go back to my SEO core here. When I joined the company, automatic order box searches were about 14,000 searches a month and Litter Robot, our brand was about 7,000 searches a month. If you fast forward nine years, we are a little over three times out of the category search volume. Now we are about a quarter million, a little over a quarter million, 275,000 searches a month, give or take across primary search engines, not including our shopping search engines. And whereas automatic and self cleaning litter boxes are about 75 to 80,000 searches a month. So we have been able to build a brand through education around litter robot and our high funnel marketing. Well, when you're working with retailers, there's a huge opportunity to demonstrate your product in a way that hasn't been done before. Not every retailer wants a large automatic litter box on their shelf. And so at the time, they were willing to lean into their e-commerce channels, but they weren't willing to lean into e uh, um in-store. For us, that wasn't of interest because we really were educating a future audience about the litter robot. And so we wanted to spend our money where it made sense. And what we found is that a lot of the marketplaces and a lot of the retailers at the time were essentially just bidding on our branded search and redirecting people already looking for litter robot to their respective platforms. And so we got to a point where we realized this in later 2017, that we were Ultimately, losing our own conquested buyers to other marketplaces and channels. So, at that time, we had added several other payment plans. Um, we, we added a firm, we added PayPal, we added Amazon Pay. So, it gave us the confidence that we could pull from Amazon at the time and see if it was going to be cannibalistic or if it was truly additive. In 2017, 2018, at the time, it was cannibalistic. We pulled out of Amazon. Our revenue didn't change. It all just went to our website at the time. We drove Amazon Pay sales like crazy. It was a huge success for us with Amazon Pay as a payment channel. And in 2018, we, we, we took the chance. We pulled out of Amazon. Fast forward a couple of years, we continued to grow our brand awareness. And now the search volume, as the consumer started their search on Amazon, now we were in a different landscape. So now people were starting their search on Amazon and you were seeing these products come up from all over the world that looked a lot similar to the Litter Robot. And so at that point we, we had to be there because if we weren't there, that consumer seeking Litter Robot, they may have tried another brand who looked eerily similar to the Litter Robot not knowing or even knowingly. And at that point, we decided we needed to be present. So in 2021, we went back on Amazon. And we went back on other strategic channel partners that one of the things that we were very intentional about is what channel partners would allow us to advertise and reach new audiences. And so that was a big focus for us. And we were very fortunate to partner with Chewy, who was an absolute, really great partner. They have allowed us to... Grow our awareness through the Chewy platform, through their new advertising tools that they have, and through a lot of what they're able to bring to us with their own uh, pet parents. Then we expanded to Best Buy and PetSmart, who have both just been phenomenal partners. With Best Buy and with PetSmart, we have an omni-channel strategy, both in-store and online. We have a buy online, pick up in-store strategy, and we're able to also reach new eyeballs through their advertising tools that they have. And they have both been fantastic partners. And I think the brands that they both bring as well brings credibility to who Whisker is today. And on Amazon, we've doubled down on the advertising opportunity to reach people that are already buying cat litter on Amazon, trying to go for a relevantly, I'll say, lateral Um, consumers who are already we know in market, who are already seeking cat products that we can target using those tools. So as we've looked at Omnichannel, I think the biggest thing has been how do we make it additive? How do we grow our awareness? How do we treat it as an advertising tool, not just a marketplace for sales? And if we can find that just position between How do we give them something? Ultimately, they're getting a revenue driver through our product. How do we get something? And we find that true mix. We have a great new partner that we can continue to grow with. And as we look to 2024, we are looking forward to doubling down on those partnerships with those respective retailers and making sure that we are best positioned to continue to reach new cat parents around the globe.
0: Really, really smart. So, customer testimonials, I always say, are the best, right? You're, you know, when you're having a everything's breaking day and nothing's going right. And then all of a sudden you go into that inbox or, or, uh, I mean, as, as crazy as this would sound, I'd get on the customer service lines and I'd just like start listening start answering people's questions. Because I felt like when you start to hear from your consumer how much they love your product, it really, really makes your day, right? And makes you know that you're doing something that can be hard and frustrating at times, but definitely uh, worth it, right? I'd love to hear if you have any consumer stories that made you inspired, made you laugh, uh, anything above.
1: So in March of 2015, when I sat down in that office and I walked out thinking, wow, I can't believe they did this. Is this something, a journey that I want to go on? I started reading the customer reviews. Now, this is you know, almost nine years ago. And I remember one specific review. I can't remember the person's name, but I remember what they said. And it was that the litter robot saved their marriage. It was a couple who the husband moved in with the wife at the time they were dating um, and the, he was not a cat person. And at the time I could relate to that. I had never had a cat before. Um, my now wife, then girlfriend who I just started dating had a cat. I had never lived with a cat before. And now I'm a total cat person. I also have a dog, but I definitely would call myself a cat person. Um, but I just remember reading this testimonial and it was my aha moment for the power that litter robot had in the consumer's home and what it really did for them and essentially the testimony was talking about how this litter box and this open litter box in their house was such a point of contention between the couple that they ended up buying a litter robot and that contention went away. It just wasn't a thing that they had to think about anymore at the time they were talking about one of them was saying you'll need to you know rid of your pet. And that other person was saying, no chance. I'll have to, unfortunately, uh, this isn't going to work out. And they talked about how the litter robots saved their marriage. And I've read so many of those stories now. There's about 80,000 reviews on litterrobot.com um, and thousands more reviews across other omni-channel marketplaces. And I, I still read as many as I can. I still personally answer customer emails every single day. Um, if you go on Reddit, I am proudly cat poop man. <laughs> <laughs> and I am on Reddit every single day in the subreddit with our Litter Robot customers, learning from them, talking with them and understanding what their pain points are for new and existing customers, people that have feedback on the product, people that I can learn from, people that have challenging feedback who maybe we let them down in some capacity, whether it be by customer service or the product itself. And those are fewer than there are very happy customers, but those are the ones I get to learn the most from. And so I reach out to them individually. You can find my email very publicly on hundreds of subreddits. I post my email everywhere with my title because I want people to be able to reach out to me. It is in my best interest for people to reach out to me and tell me what we're doing well and tell me what we're not doing well. And so I still every single day talk to customers because it's what keeps me close to what really matters, which is how are we really performing? How are we really delivering? I, I see one version of that through our company growth and sales, but I see another through how people feel about our brand. Because the second that that changes, I know that the other is going to change as well. So I have to stay near and dear to the customer. And uh, I think we probably support that with over 80 customer service agents as well, full-time.
0: That's awesome. So what surprised you about building a brand in the cat industry is has there any been anything that uh, I would imagine that most of your friends are are uh, not necessarily uh, uh, building cat companies right so there there's not a uh, there's not a playbook uh, that is specific although I always say you can learn from any industry and uh, and there's lots of components certainly there but what, what is it that has kind of surprised you along the way? Or has there been something that you thought would be a huge success? And then you're like, no one cares or uh, something along those lines.
1: Yeah, uh, great question. Got me uh, creatively thinking about my journey here. I think defining what you want to build is important. And I think in our case, it was a brand that was relatable, that took itself very seriously in the work and the products that it delivered, but that had a lot of fun in the way that it communicated with its consumer base. We're in cat and we're in poop. We were made for the internet. Mm -hmm. And if we can't have fun with that, then what are we doing? And Mm -hmm. so if you look back to 2018 is really when we uh, started in-housing all of our own advertising and we have just built a brand that is known for its funny advertising. And I think that that's great we take ourselves seriously in how we operate. We take ourselves seriously in how we build and invent. But in our marketing, we have to have fun and we have to connect with the consumer. So I think from a brand standpoint, what maybe was an earlier, let's build something that looks like Apple. You know, I think that's everybody's aspiration when you get into hardware. We, we had to... We never actually executed on that, but we talked a lot about that in the earlier days. And I think now it's let's build what we think is cool. What where do we want to shop as cat parents? What kind of brand do we aspire to be a part of, and what's going to get us intrigued to be to be following a brand like this? And we just hired a new head of marketing who starts in a couple of weeks. And I was talking to them yesterday after we did an internal marketing session with uh, the leadership team. And he said something to me that I thought was so cool. Uh, In reflecting on the team that we've built here, we've got about 30 people on our marketing team. He said, what I took away from today was that everybody is influenced and part of pop culture. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, everybody wants to be entertained. He said, When I was listening to everyone talk earlier, we were all talking about relevant things that have caught our attention recently. I think the biggest one that I I couldn't give enough props to is John Maris and the team at Solo Brands, who just did the collaboration with Snoop Dogg, who caught the world by storm that Snoop was giving up smoke. And then just Mm -hmm. to find out that he partnered with Solo Brands, it was pop culture at its finest. It, It played into influencer. It played into PR. It played into everything that you could want out of a brand campaign. And I think that that's what we all aspire to do. So when I think about our brand here at Whisker, it's how do we get people's attention? And in 2019, uh, the biggest thing that I was following at the time was the Harmon Brothers, um, or 2018, 2019, Harmon Brothers, who shot the poopery commercial, the Squatty Potty commercial, who wrote a book called From Poop to Gold, phenomenal book for any marketers listening to this, absolute must read. And I had already started drafting this idea that we wanted to go on a marketing retreat and go and write our commercial and do something different just because it sounded fun and creative. Then I read their book and it's a version of exactly what they did. And when I saw that, I was thinking in the minds of people that I really respected. I I wanted to double down on that. And we did that. And we wrote our campaign called Don't Be a Scooper, which was our first big hit. I went on to have 25 plus million views on the video. We cut it up a bunch of different ways. We put it on TV. We put it on Meta. We put it on YouTube. And it was just a a, a huge success. And that was our moment of realization of let's build our own playbook. Let's figure out what works for Whisker. And we told people that they were scoopers and we made it a mean word in kind of a fun, light way. And we called you a scooper if you didn't have a litter robot. And it was just fun. And people that had a cat loved it, people that didn't have a cat loved it because we did it in our whisker voice. And so we've continued to double down on that voice. Most recently with a story of a bunch of kids talking in kid talk about how they need a litter robot. And we flipped a birthday party where these kids are there at a birthday party to all of them just looking at a litter box and finding a way to find joy in the litter box and seeing it in in the mind of a a seven or an eight-year-old. And it was the whisker way. We didn't look at what someone else did. We did it in the way that we wanted to do it. And as we look to our future, continuing to take chances in our advertising, I think even in a market where a lot of brands, I think, are tightening up and being a little bit afraid to take a chance. We're being, de- being very delicate in what kind of chances we take where we wouldn't offend anybody, but we still want to take chances. We still want to make sure that we're leaning into the thing that someone else hasn't done before. And I think as a brand, you have to do that because the second you stop taking chances and you go to vanilla solo stove with Snoop Dogg, I mean, is Snoop Dogg necessarily the 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 maybe a, a, the representation? I think mm-hmm. so. But maybe others would say differently. Maybe they would say, well, you're leaning into this or this. I think they took a chance and it won big. And I think they did it in a way that couldn't, I, mean, I, I don't know how anybody could be offended by that. It was just phenomenal advertising. And I think that that's the kind of chance you have to take. And that's when you hit it big. And they have definitely had a big win with that one. And and kudos to to, to that team for pulling it off. What a cool feat.
0: That's awesome. I remember seeing... Uh, Sorry for your long yeah, I remember seeing the... Uh, I'm not sure if it actually played in the U.S. too much or not, or if it was mostly in the U.K., but the Virgin... Uh, cruise ships. Uh, shortly after, you know, everybody was talking about um, the cruise lines during COVID and some of the challenges, and it was shut down. And Richard Branson relaunched uh, his cruise ships, and it was uh, a bunch of kids talking about because he has a, there are no kids allowed on his cruise ships on on this. I, I'm not sure if that's true for all of them, but for certain r- routes. So if you haven't seen it, you should definitely check out his commercial sure. hysterical. And basically the kids are talking about how terrible their parents are, um, that they're actually going on a vacation. And so they're they're trying to figure out how they can actually get on the cruise ship. And it reminds me of something that uh, could be similar in some ways to the uh, to what you guys potentially could do.
1: I think another great example is Plexi, the uh, birth control, who yeah. um, it's one of my favorite ads. And and we were talking about, this is uh, maybe a year and a half ago, we were talking about what what was inspirational to us. And myself, our head of video and our creative director, which in this case happened to be three men, all mentioned the same birth control spot. So we're not even the buyers of it. And yet we were all obsessing over this ad. Mm-hmm. and. You know, I've never bought a Squatty Potty. I've probably talked about the Squatty Potty more than almost any other consumer product because their advertising was just done in such a way that goes from advertisement to pop culture to a conversation piece and I would put Dollar Shave Club and uh, Old Spice and so many others in that bucket where I may or may not be a consumer of those brands, but I've talked about them probably more than most products I even use because their advertising has just broke through the noise so well. And that's what we're trying to do. And I think we're seeing that show up in the pet space in a really positive way. I think we've been able to break through the noise of the traditional you know show a really loving pet that's being, you know, that's fluffy and cute that's using a product to make it about the human's problem that they're facing and how do we as whisker solve for that and do it in a way that catches your attention that breaks through the noise
0: I love it. Well, Jacob, thank you so much. Jacob Zupke, who's the CEO of Whisker. We appreciate everything, all the lessons and wisdom for sure and everybody Uh, we'll have all the info in the show notes too, but, uh, thank you again. Appreciate it.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. And for those that are listening, if you have a cat, please go to catpoop.com. You'll enjoy it.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. I would love to hear from you too, so feel free to DM me. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Undaunted, where I share more about my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for